Good morning. Uh, for those of you I haven't met yet, my name's Stephanie. I'm a pastoral intern here, and I'm delighted to be able to bring you the message this morning as we move forward from Easter and we move into a new sermon series on just emotions. These are emotions that we find throughout the Bible, um, and we all know that we have emotions, so we want to talk about emotions that Jesus displayed and righteous emotions, and why do we have them? Um, also, a welcome to those of you viewing online. We're so happy that you're here. And now, if you would, please uh, join me in a word of prayer as we begin. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today and for every individual in this room and listening online. Lord, I pray that we would hear a word from you today um, and that all else would fall away. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about the emotion of love today. And as I was thinking about this, I was noticing uh, Justin and the worship arts team's beautiful art installation up here. It's beautiful. Now, if you look at it, you can look at it from lots of different angles, and you might not know that it's a heart, depending on what angle you're looking at it from. But when you look at it just right, straight on with the cross, it's a heart. And I think the emotion of love is something that you can look at from different angles. Like we think of love as, yes, God's love and beautiful and something we all want to feel and something uh, that we really treasure. And we have this love for relationships in our lives and sometimes for, and for people that we don't know. But another side of love is heartbreak. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this other side of love. It's not as pretty. It's not as flashy. But it is a real emotion. And it is a real part of love. So I have shown pictures in here before of my dog, my dog Chewy. And um, what you guys probably don't know is that I did have another dog before that. My husband and I, before our kids were born, we had a dog named Chevy. And he was a German Shepherd and we loved him. But he died shortly before our first son was born. And if you guys know, you guys saw Chewy go through the puppy phases just recently. And my oldest son is 16. It took us 14 years to decide to get another dog. And it wasn't because we didn't love having a dog. We loved Chevy, loved him. It was because my heart was broken. And I didn't know if I could ever love another dog again because my heart was broken. I didn't want to sign up for love if it meant heartbreak. And I think that as part of love, we're like none of us strangers to heartbreak. There are as many songs about heartbreak as there are about love. Right? Have you guys ever had your hearts broken? No. I'm good. <laughs> if you can't hear that online, somebody in the back was like, no. And I'm like, yes, no. Then good. <laughs> All right. But it is another side of heartbreak. Heart, heartbreak is a side of love. And sometimes it's unavoidable. So we have this want sometimes to shield ourselves 
from that kind of heartbreak so we don't allow ourselves to love again. See, when, when we were thinking about getting another dog, I was thinking about it with the end in mind. I wasn't thinking about it with the joy in mind of, the, of having another companion, another loving relationship. I was thinking about the end. And it's hard to let your heart be broken. It's hard to make the decision to let your heart be broken. And for those of you who are parents in the room, you know that that's a real thing because you decided to have kids and they break your hearts over and over and over again. Um, I have teenagers, so I know all about heartbreak. <laughs> over and over again, no. Um, it's from the time they're born, you love them in every stage and every stage brings a new heartache. The last time they ask for a bottle, the last time they reach for you when they are learning to walk, the last time they ask you for the keys to drive away, the last time they ask you for advice, the last time that they crawl into bed with you because they had a nightmare, all sorts of lasts happen with kids. And you love them. But there's heartbreak attached to it as well. It's that other side of love. All of those lasts bring up these big emotions, but they also bring up a lot of love. Choosing love involves risk and sometimes a broken heart. We talked about a lot of lasts last week during Holy Week, right? We talked about the disciples. They had the last meal with Jesus. They had their last moments with him before he went to the cross, their last prayer time with him, the last time they were supposed to keep watch while he went to pray. All sorts of lasts during Good Friday and Maundy Thursday. But we're able to love because God first loved us. He leads with love. And because he is love, beginning to end, first to last, and for all eternity. And he loves us with that eternity in mind. It's a different kind of thinking towards the end. He wasn't thinking about the end when he wasn't going to be able to be with us anymore. When Jesus went to the cross, he was thinking about the end on earth when he was going to get to be with us for all of eternity. I'm thankful that he was thinking with the end in mind in a very different way than I was. So after Jesus breathed his last on the cross, we get to experience restored relationship. We get to experience a lot of firsts. We get to experience the first time we're not weak because God's power is perfected through our weakness. The first time we're not defeated because in Christ we are more than conquerors. The first time we don't need to fear because God's perfect love casts out fear. The first time we don't need to be anxious because God's peace, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The first time we don't need to worry because even the sparrows are given what they need and aren't we more valuable than them? The first time we don't need to be timid because God didn't give us the spirit of timidity but of power and love and self-discipline. The first time we do not have to endure heartbreak alone 
because Jesus promises to be with us and promises to be near to the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. God's love is the only love that lasts. His love is always. His love is steadfast. His love lasts forever. So what, what do we even do with that kind of love? Well, what do the disciples do? Maybe we can take some of their example. Before Easter and after Good Friday, so on the days between, after Jesus had gone to the cross, but before he was resurrected, we know that all the disciples fell away. We know, even with that, Jesus went to the cross knowing they would all fall away. He chose to love them, knowing that they would all fall away, knowing that Peter would deny him, knowing that Thomas would doubt him, knowing that there would be a power struggle for authority, and like uh, knowing that they would fall away. He chose to love them anyway. So after Jesus, after Jesus' resurrection, he appears to the disciples several times. One of these times, there was this interaction with Peter that we read about today. So Peter, he is one of, he's one of Jesus' disciples. He's more outspoken. He is um, impulsive. He's passionate, exuberant. He leads with his heart. And sometimes... The heart leads before the mouth with Peter. <laughs> and I can imagine when Jesus died on the cross, Peter was heartbroken. Not just because Jesus had died, but because Jesus had died and told him he would deny him. Peter was all in. He was the disciple that was like, you're the Messiah, I know you are, I'll follow you anywhere, even if everybody else falls away, I'm in, I will follow you to death if that's what it means, but I am in. And Jesus says, no, you're gonna deny me too. And then he did. So the heartbreak with Peter is not just a heartbreak because Jesus died, but because he denied him. So there's a guilt attached to it. So let's read about that. So we read in John. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. He asked him, do you love me again? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Jesus spoke to Peter out of love. Even though, he, even though Peter had denied him, this was his reinstatement. This was Jesus affirming for Peter that he hadn't been cast out, that he still loved him. And then more than that, he asked Peter to take care of his flock. Jesus knew he was going away, and he put Peter in charge of caring for his sheep. 
This story with Peter reminds us that Jesus didn't only come to restore our broken world. He came to restore our broken hearts on an individual level. He didn't just go to the cross and die and be resurrected for the world. He came and he lived with us and then he went to the cross and he endured it for our sakes, for our broken hearts. He didn't say it would be easy. He said that in this world we will have trouble, but take heart because he's overcome the world now. And out of God's great love, Jesus died and rose again so that those who knew him in the flesh did not need to be brokenhearted. And for those of us here today, not to need to be brokenhearted. Instead, he made a way so that at last our relationship with him could be restored. He loves you that much. So much that he endured the cross to save us, suffering and dying for our sins, being raised to life again, claiming victory over death, so that whoever believes in him will live forever. Jesus came to seek and save the lost and the brokenhearted. And we're asked to continue that mission. In Jesus' last conversation with his disciples before he ascended, he told them to go and make disciples of all nations. He had given them the new commandment to love God and to love others. And, he's, and he promised right before he left that he would always be with them. Because of his steadfast, always, never-changing love, he still promises today that he's going with us. He promises to be with us wherever we go. If this is the first time that you've heard some of these things and you know others who may need to hear it too or you feel like maybe you've messed up too bad that this isn't for you or you wonder why God would want you to tell people his story or want you to be his representative or maybe you feel like your heart is too broken to do that, remember that Peter denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus commissioned him to go feed his sheep. Jesus told Peter that the way he could love him was to care for his people. He said, do you love me? Three different times. And each time he said, yes, I love you. And each time Jesus said, then go care for my people. That's how we show Jesus we love him back. Um, but that's not always easy, right? Because it's a decision. Uh, for those of you who don't know my backstory, I grew up in a military family. Uh, my dad was Air Force. My mom and dad met in the Air Force, actually, and then I grew up as an Air Force brat. And that meant a lot of things, but one of the things it meant was that we moved a lot. I was in a different school every year and a half until I was a sophomore in high school. So that meant coming to new places and leaving old places often, and uh, meeting new people often, and making new friends often. What it also meant was, at some point, I had to decide that even though I knew I was going to move, or my friend was going to move, and this is before uh, social media and like Facebook and being connected as we are today, it meant making a decision that I was going to love them anyway, right there. 
for as long as I could, even if they were gonna move away, even if it was going to break my heart. And that's what Jesus calls us to do today. He calls us to love one another, even if it breaks our heart. He said we will have trouble in this world, and we will. We will have broken hearts. But Jesus came to restore our broken hearts. He came so that we do not have to go through this alone. So we don't. We know we can't love like God does under our own power, though, but we get to lean on him. And we're created in his image, so we have this huge capacity to love. So what if we allowed ourselves to do that? What if we allowed ourselves to love God fully as he loves us and to love our neighbor fully as he loves them? Loving doesn't mean our hearts won't be broken. But we can be confident that God's love outlasts broken hearts. Because of all of the emotions, the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. And I thank you so much for this capacity you've given us in your image to love other people. Lord, help us to love you fully and help us to love our neighbor as you love them, even if it breaks our hearts. Help us to turn to you because we know that you are always with us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.